lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and I could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, welcome everybody to the third installment of Hobby Hangout. It is Friday night, August the 19th, 2022. My name is Jeremy Lee. We do have five guests joining us this evening to preview the Burbank Card Show and to talk about the California card scene. Tomorrow night on the on Sports Cards Live, 10 o'clock Eastern, our guest will be Brian Pirup. He has a huge TikTok following, TikTok following. He'll be our guest. He's a grassroots kind of guy. I'm excited to have him on to share his perspectives with all of us. And on Sunday at 7 o'clock Eastern on Collectible Live, our guest will be Chris Ivey, Director of Sports Collectibles at Heritage Auctions. As always, tonight, your comments, your questions are in play. So hit us up in the chat. And now let's bring out the panel for tonight. We are going to start off by bringing up Rob Varis, the card father from Burbank Sports Cards. Rob, you ready for this? Born ready, brother. Let's go. You are. All right. Let's bring out FD. What's up? Rolling with FD. How are you? What's up, Jeremy and Rob? I'm happy to be here. Good to have you, FD. Let's bring out Brad, the comeback card investor. Brad, good to see you. You're looking chill. What's going on? Doing great, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet, Brad. And we have Mark, ultimate pastime, uh, first timer, first timer on the show. How's it going, buddy? Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. Yeah, you bet. It's a, it's great to have you. And last but certainly not least, Coleman Cards. Michael Coleman, how are you doing, my friend? Doing great. Jay Lee, thanks so much for having me on. It's so cool to be on uh, an episode with so many uh, great people in the room. This is awesome. Yeah, you you bet. It, it's awesome to have you guys. First of all, I have to thank, I have, I have a couple of thank yous. First of all, I want to thank my friend Joe Perot from Santa Cruz. I was chatting with him the other night. I said, I'm going to do a hobby hangout episode on Friday, but I don't really have a theme. He goes, well, Burbank Card Show. I said, duh, obviously Burbank Card Show. And then we started talking about, well, all these names started popping into my mind and I sent out about seven invitations and here we got five of you guys on like that. You guys got back to me really quick. I want to thank you. I'm sure the audience is grateful. So uh, that's just, that's just the, the courtesy of the Southern Californian card scene right there. If that's indicative of anything, uh, that's a good one right there. So wanted to mention that. Thank you all for coming on. Rob, we only have you for the first 10, 15 minutes. So I want to, I want to start with you and really, you know, you're you're one of the brains behind the Burbank Card Show. It's the first iteration of the show. It's gonna be it's gonna be next week. It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show. Why don't you just start off letting us know kind of what what was it? Where were, how did you identify the need for a show like this to to pop up in Burbank? Well, for a while now, I've kind of wanted to do a show, just a small thing for my customers and. Uh, Jay, um, one of my partners, was up here, and he does the uh, Brea show as well as the Westminster show. And he was up here, and I just casually asked him, I'm like, did you ever think about maybe doing a show up in Burbank? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, let's partner up. Let's do something. Um, I think it's kind of the perfect location. Um, We have an airport literally across the street from the Marriott. And he was thinking big from the get-go. And I'm like, I was thinking something smaller. And he's like, well, this is the biggest facility in Burbank. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. When did we get to this level already? But the bottom line is 
it costs about $800 to get your feet on the floor at Dallas. It costs about $1,500 to get your feet on the floor in Atlantic City. That money evaporates. It goes to the airlines. It goes to the hotels. Southern California, I apologize to any other part of the country, but Southern California is the best card scene in the country, and it's not even close. So why isn't there something here for our folks that they don't have to fly to Dallas or Cleveland or Chicago and that money evaporates? Let's bring people here. Let's bring national level dealers here. And I'm more the brand of this. I'm not the brains. I have no idea how to run a card show, and I still don't. Um, I'm leaving that to Jay and EJ, but it's sold out. Um, everyone's talking about it, and we want to get through it. We want everyone to have a good time, and hopefully we can scale it over the next couple of years where it can be something that is very exciting going forward. So what's the plan then, Rob? Is it, uh, I mean, depending on the success of this one, which it seems like it's already successful if it's sold out, but what are the plans? Once a year, twice a year moving forward? Um, at least twice a year. Um, we really, the problem is there isn't a really huge space in Burbank. And we wanted to call it the Burbank show, but we could go elsewhere and still call it that. Um, the plan is to be able to scale it and to find a facility where we can take it to 40,000, 70,000, 100,000 square feet, whatever the community wants um, and demands and whatever kind of support we get from the um, sponsors as well. We want to kind of bring back that Anaheim feel, that L.A. Convention Center feel. There's really no reason why we can't do it, but we need to get through the first one. We need to learn what was good, what wasn't good, and start getting some commitments and try to do it in February and maybe try to do it in August, September, like six months. We want to have one for the Snowbirds, and we want to have one that doesn't directly conflict with the National, maybe having it a month before or a month after. So what about the uh, what about the response you've had in store from customers? You're obviously promoting. I mean, when I was in your shop in early July, you were promoting it back then. There were flyers. What's the response like from your your foot traffic in the store? How excited are they for this show coming up? Oh, they're totally amped. I mean, it's just the buzz. Everybody seems like they're coming. Um, everybody seems like they're getting four day passes. Everyone's excited about the trade nights. Um and the thing is, they're like, Rob, what are you bringing? I'm like, I'm really not bringing anything. We're kind of keeping the store intact as an extension of the show. Um, Ryan's coming with money um, to buy. And we're literally bringing the largest selection of singles ever at a show. A quarter a card, buy sport, buy year, inserts, parallels, rookies, just the ultimate bargain boxes because we want all price points. We don't want just crazy stuff on the floor. We want people spending hours going through cards as well. So the buzz is just ridiculous. And I'm so excited. I did have a nightmare the other night, though, that literally no one showed up. I just literally, <laughs> it was just one of those surreal things where I woke up in a cold sweat going, whew, that was just a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Yeah, I have similar nightmares where I, uh, I, I have an exam. Like I'm in university. I have an exam. I never studied for It's like, what? I, I've been out of university for 30 years. In any event, um, no. I, so you mentioned that that Ryan's going to be there with money to spend, spending some money. So he'll be he'll be competing with guys like Mark, guys like FD, who are going to be ro rocking the floor, looking to buy cards as well. FD, starting start with you. Like what what is your expectation for the show? And 
how like are you are you pumped about this or are you, are you are you happy that Rob and his partner are doing this what was your what was your what was your response your reaction when you first found out about this show and just the magnitude of it oh I'm stoked uh I've talked to EJ I've talked to I've talked to Jay since I've heard about this since it was first announced I'm extremely excited I moved to LA about 12 13 years ago and when I got here I thought LA should have this kind of show coming to LA. And when I went to the national last year in Chicago, I kept thinking about LA as a place for something like this to happen. I'm excited that Burbank, Rob, uh, Ryan, everybody's bringing this here because it's going to be a dynamite. I have no doubt. Right on. Let's hear from you, Mark, because you're in in the same sort of shoes as FD. You'll be, you'll be working the floor, looking to buy up some, some inventory for yourself. What was your response when you first found out about this show? Oh, I was really excited because like Rob mentioned before, he talked about the Anaheim Convention Center vibe, the L.A. Convention Center vibe, Hollywood Park vibe. A lot of these guys who are in the business right now don't know what that vibe actually is. So I'm excited for these guys to get to experience it. So it's like some of these guys who have never been to Dallas or to the National, like they're going to get to experience it in their own backyard. Right on. So it's great to hear you guys excited. Before we get to Coleman, I want to go to Brad because, Brad, you're in sort of the same shoes. You, you are on mute, by the way. You're going to be walking the floor, checking out the scene. What what sort of – what is your goal or mission for the show? Are you looking to buy or are you just looking to network? What, what are you going to be doing there? I mean, I, th- I think one of the coolest things about the different card shows here in L.A. is that there are so many of them. And you can go just to window shop. You can go to meet your neighbors. You can go and find something rare and different because I think this is the mecca of the hobby just in terms of the amount of shows, the amount of card shops that have just opened in the last two years is insane and there's enough business to support it and so i'm looking for different things i'm honestly kind of tired of just basketball cards and football and baseball i love the obscure stuff i love it when i see a a a favorite musician that i didn't even know they had a card so that kind of stuff is intriguing me and i'm seeing it more and more at uh, the different shops i go to here in la so i'd love to see uh how big this show is because the reason why I felt fine not going to Atlantic City is because, one, it's Atlantic City. Two, it's $2,000 <laughs> to go from beautiful Southern California to, you know, I don't want to diss AC, but it's hard to top beautiful Southern California to go anywhere. And, uh, you know, the ability to bring something so big close to home just makes it so much easier to not feel obligated to go to these other cities that are across the country. Yeah, I think that's that to me is one of the most important things is that, you know, I always say I'll go to the national no matter where it is. However, after this year, I will go to the national no matter where it is, except Atlantic City. And that's nothing against the, the some of the fine people of Atlantic City, but just not somewhere. It's tough. It's tough to get to is really the, the biggest thing. It's a full at least a full day of travel each way for for a lot of people. Um, that's why I love Chicago for the national it's, it's central. It's a major hub for, for just about everybody, even though it, it can be expensive with flight and hotel as well. Brad, you mentioned, you know, some music cards, non-sports cards. Um, can we expect to see, and I'll actually go to you, Coleman on this. Cause you're, you're the one guy on the screen other than Rob, who's going to be set up as a vendor at this show. And, uh, assuming you, you know, the scene down there, are we going to see, a lot of music cards, any Hollywood type cards, more so than we would elsewhere because this show is in Southern California, like basically in LA. 
Um, that's a great question. I'm not I'm not too sure on that. I know once in a while I'll see stuff like that at the local show shows. I don't know if we'll see it like at a greater scale. Um, most of the people I know that set up at the local shows are are pretty heavy just in the in the sports cards. Um, but there, you know, there's of course like the Pokemon stuff and the magic stuff and and um and and there's a couple other, you know, um alternative type of cards and stuff. So I, I see them. Um, I do see like, you know, Frank Sinatra cards and stuff like that. There's a guy that goes to the shop named Agassi who has some pretty cool, like, uh, old school cards like that. I think he had like a, a Frank Sinatra, he called it a Frank Sinatra rookie card or something like that it was kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, not, not too much that I know of. You know, it's funny you mentioned Agassi because when I was in Rob's shop for the first time, which was uh, March of this year, I'm, I'm standing around, you know, I spent about two hours looking at all the showcases and, this guy just, we started chatting. It ends up being who you're talking about. It ends up being Agassi. And, and I quickly realized that he was known in the shop. You know, Rob, you knew him by name. I'm sure you knew most of your customers by name, which is an, you know, it's that whole cheers vibe. It's just, it's just awesome. Uh, it's just nice to hear his name because he was super nice and friendly. And I was, I was happy to, to meet Agassi. Rob, you got to run right away. So why don't we just uh, put that same sort of question to you? What are you expecting in terms of like selection for the for the floor walkers, the customers, the collectors, investors walking around that uh, that might be different from what you saw? Because I hey, you and I we shared a cab one night in Atlantic City. What are you? What do, what do you think we might see different uh, in in the Burbank show? Well, I think that just the selection of cards and the rotation of cards that we have out this way. Um, you walk in my shop. Literally, you walked in yesterday. Today, you're seeing all kinds of fresh inventory. We're bringing in some of the biggest hitters from all over the country. The things that they had at the National, chances are it's totally different what they're bringing to Burbank. And and that's really exciting. Um, I think that we're going to have guys selling dollar cards, quarter cards. Um, I want something for everybody, basically. And again, our shop will be open the whole time that the show is going on. And we've worked extremely hard here. That if you're coming in, maybe the day before, the day after, you want to see our store, we'll be fully staffed, fully stocked as well. But again, we want to scale this. Um, the, the, the National's not coming back to L.A. until at least 2026. We're hoping that we've kind of planted a flagpole and it's something that we can scale up. And they might not even come here in 2026. We'll see. But over the next three years, we want to build something special and build a community and just work together with everyone. But on that note, the card mother is already at the restaurant and she wants the card father there. Jeremy, right. thank you so much. Can I get on again one of these days? Yeah, you bet, Rob. We'll definitely be in touch. Uh, and I look forward to seeing you next week at the show. Thanks for thanks for making uh, some time here tonight. Give our best to the card mother and uh, <laughs> enjoy your evening. Guys, I'll see you all next week. Uh, hey, Rob. I'm sure I'll see you tomorrow, Coleman. See you now. <laughs> Out. See ya. Bye. See ya. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. All right. Good stuff. Um, what one of the questions I was I wanted to ask all of you guys your opinions on because you're in tune with the scene down there in Southern California. <laughs> and funny enough, you know, I'm going to be there. I'm coming to the show. But as most of you know, and I don't, I'm sure we have a lot of new people in the audience that came because of you guys. So first of all, welcome anyone who's new to the Sports Cars Live YouTube channel. I appreciate you all joining. Feel free to subscribe, this and that. Uh, always welcome uh, more people into the audience. But I wanted to like, what does what does this show bring? You know, Rob, who just left, he calls he calls L.A. or Southern California the epicenter of the hobby. He kind of said it just there that it is the best market in the hobby 
and it's not even close. You know, what does LA bring to the card scene that other cities don't? What what opportunities might be unique to LA? And um, who should we start with on that one? Let's start with you, Mark, because I think you've been around quite a while. Uh, I know that because we have, you know, my brother, and he's let me know that you've been around for quite some time. So why don't you, why don't you take that one to start? So I think what, I mean, what this show is going to bring, is going to bring variety. It's going to bring like different stuff to the LA market. Like we, we have so many shows here and we're so lucky to have so many shows, but it gets to a point, some of these smaller shows, it gets very repetitive. I mean, I don't know how much optic prism select mosaic you could see at one show. Like I like to see a variety. And I think with Burbank bringing this show, it's going to bring some nationally, uh, like ranked dealers. And I think they're going to bring some good stuff. And I think it's going to be a great opportunity just to network. And I always like to tell people that you could go to a show and you may not buy anything. Well, it doesn't mean that it was a waste because if you meet people and build these relationships with people, it's going to go a long way. So even if you didn't buy something from somebody at this show, you may have met them, talked to them. You see them again at another show. You may do a deal that may lead to something in the future. And I think that that's what this is going to bring to the L.A. hobby and to the L.A. community is going to bring a lot of networking opportunities and a lot of chances to build like uh, new relationships. Right. I'm back to you, Brad, for a minute. I want to ask your thoughts because I've, I've seen you. Know, I follow you on Instagram. Um, I watch I watch your Wednesday show with uh, with Dustin off centered. I, I enjoy that every week. What about the just the fact that there are so many celebrities, there's so many professional sports teams. Is there any opportunity for the hobby to grow out of the Southern California region because of all the celebrity that all the celebrities that live in the area? I mean, we've got uh, Jeff Garland is going to be set up at this show. I mean, he was on Curb Curb Your Enthusiasm with uh, for for several years. So, what do you think? Is there is the celebrity? Is there a celebrity effect out of out of out of the LA area? I think bigger than celebrity effect, it's media effect. You have a lot of personalities. Like I, I uh, hung out with the Oppenheim brothers from Selling Sunset, and we talk all the time about cards. I have no clue that they were into card collecting, but they were huge collectors. There are a lot of people that have massive reach that can really blow up the hobby in different ways that someone in another part of the country without that. Uh, exposure would be able to do so i see media which ties into influencers and whatever another thing is just there's so much money you know when the average house costs a million dollars or 900 900 000 in la well that means that there's a lot of people having to make more money and a lot of big time entrepreneurs and, and stuff like that where the amount some of these people spend is just absurd on breaks on cards so i think you get some of the best cards out there here in Southern California, because that's just where there are homes that are $50 million, $100 million, there's billionaires everywhere. And so that with the resources, I think makes LA a very special place. And it could really uh, blow up because of what people here could do in terms of uh, extending the reach worldwide. Wow, good stuff. Good thoughts there. And I appreciate you taking the question and and making it make sense more in terms of the media piece. Um, Good stuff there. FD, we're going to go to you now. Coleman, you're on deck. Uh, FD, you said you've been there for 12 years. Where were you before you moved to L.A.? Oh, I moved around uh, through school and work. I was born in Chicago. I lived in Minnesota for a little bit. Uh, lived uh, in L.A., went to Detroit, came back to L.A. So I moved around for different opportunities at work or advancing a career. Uh, but I, I enjoyed living in L.A. Um, and, and 
you've been in the hobby your whole life or I've been in the hobby since I was eight years old. Yeah. First so you're collecting Don Mallon rookie cards in baseball. See. But but yeah. to go back to your question though, I think this is gonna be a great show. I'm excited about uh, going back to what Mark just said, you know, I always tell people when you go to a show, it's not that the, the gym cars that are on the table, it's the gyms that you're walking by while you're at the show. Meet and greet people. I'm really big on trying to build relationships with everyone. Um, and it's, I think this is going to be a show we're going to have people coming to the show that may not have come to an L.A. show before. And uh, I kind of consider I go back to playing sports. You know, we're on home team right now. Um, everybody that's here kind of goes to big shows in other places. People come in here now, and we're, we're going to help host Burbank. Meet and greet people, talk to people, get to know more about them, and let them know what a show of this caliber mm -hmm. in L.A. is going to be like in the future, because this is just the beginning. I, yeah, you, you said something awesome there. You said, we're going to meet and greet them. And what, what that 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 hit me. That hit me over here in the fields, because – that's pride. That That's pride in not only the region you're in, it's pride in the hobby, it's pride in yourself, pride in your product. You, it's pride in your place in the hobby. And it's also, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's just inclusive. And I'm all about inclusiveness in this hobby. That's an inclusive thing. And I, 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 I you know, kudos to you for taking that approach. So I know you're going to be, you're going to have that mindset in the room when you're there. Coleman, you're going to be set up as a vendor. I know you've got great cards. I almost, oh, I came this close to buying a card from you at the, at the National. Maybe I'll buy it from you this weekend coming up. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, but what about you? Are you kind of looking forward to being somewhat of a, a host? Do you have that in your mindset? Like, you know, I saw you at the National lot this year, last year. But this is on your, this is in your backyard. Are you kind of looking at it as an opportunity to, to sh kind of show off what, what LA, what the Southern California card scene is all about and to welcome people who are coming from out of town graciously and inclusively and kind of thing. Are you looking to be a bit of a host, I guess, is my question. Well, without a doubt. I mean, especially since this is the home, like um, the, the biggest hometown show um, since I've been like doing cards full time. I mean, I, I came out when I lived in Arizona to the Anaheim National back in 2006 when I was a kid and stuff. And that was just incredible. But we've, we haven't had anything um, it's since I've been here like that, um, you know, Mark probably knows some stuff, um, before my time of doing this full time and everything that was going on here, but, um, no, 100%. And, and every time I'm behind the table, I, um, I come from a service industry, um, uh, background. So, you know, every time, you know, I kind of have it ingrained in me to where like, if I'm working, um, I am at the service of, you know, whoever is a patron at whatever event it is, whether it's, you know, whether I'm waiting tables or bartending or at a card show. Um, if there's, if there's somebody that's, you know, asking questions or something like that, I'm trying to be of service in any way possible, whether that's, you know, advice or appraisal help and stuff like that within reason, obviously, like I'm not going to like try to, you know, praise every single card, but um, you know, I, I definitely look at it as, as a great opportunity to, uh, to, to host everybody and show people that this is a great show. And, um, I'm really looking forward to, um, all the people that will be there that haven't been to shows lately because, um, there's just so many, uh, small shows in, in LA and they started out really big, um, during the pandemic. And then they've all kind of like, you know, gotten smaller, just gotten watered down because there's so many small ones now. And, you know, there hasn't been as much interest, but, I remember there, there's so many incredible um, people that go to shows now, but also that were going to some of these shows. And I think that some of them just saw the show, the show scene kind of die down a little bit. 
And I think this is the the type of show that is going to bring a lot of those people back out. Um, just kind of going along with what um, Brad was saying about some of the money that's in this town. Um, you know, they there's people that have, you know, six, seven, eight figure sports card collections, and they would love to go to a show in their backyard. Um, but I think like some of these smaller shows and everything, um, they just don't really have an interest in doing that. Whereas I think, uh, you know, a show <clears throat> size with with as much variety as, as Mark was saying, coming to it um, and, uh, you know, as, as, as many cool people like FD going to be there and everything, um, it just gives them all uh, a reason to actually make the trip out to a show and and see what's available and 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 as FD was saying you know making connections and everything like that talking to people and so um yeah so i'm really excited about that i'm really excited about all the all the people that are going to show up that um that we don't even realize are right in our backyards you know that that are just amazing people and have amazing collections and stuff like that so i think that's going to be great well i'm looking forward to being welcomed by all of you because it's not my backyard it's a I got to, I have actually don't, I don't even have a nonstop flight to, to LA to get there. I got to take two flights. So I'm making the trek, but I'm, I'm so excited about it. And, uh, and now just hearing you guys talk about the pride you're, it, it's oozing out of you guys, the pride that there is this big show there coming up. You guys are all, y'all seem really excited with that. And just again, talking about the LA card scene, the SoCal card scene, Mark, to you now, what, like without this show, there is still, I'm, I'm assuming, and I've listen, I've watched Mark, I watch you go to Frank and Sons. I've watched a bunch of Sasha T's vlogs going to sh all the different shows around Brad. I've seen you go to show. I've seen y'all go to shows on all of your guys' content. What Mark, give us a, give us the quick rundown of the show scene in Southern California up until today. Like even just like historically, but even this year up until today. I mean, historically, I mean, we we are we've we've been so lucky. We have like the biggest weekly running show in the country in Frankenstein. So w whether it goes back to 1990 or today, the show hasn't stopped. It it moved and it's only gotten bigger. But it used to be every Wednesday, every Saturday. Well, they just moved into a new location. Now it's every Wednesday, every Saturday, every Sunday. So we've always had stuff like that. We've had a show called uh, to uh, Jimmy's USA. It's been here since 1992. Um, so there's always been a ton of shows uh, going on. And then as, as the, uh, when the pandemic hit and things got bigger and stronger, what happened was you started seeing more shows pop up. And now we're like inundated in shows. And we have honestly more shows than any of us can hit at one time within probably a 60 or 90 mile radius. And you just have to pick and choose which ones you go to. Like I said, there's so many going on on a weekly basis that you really have to decide which ones you're going to hit. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good problem to have when you're, you know, although it might dilute some of the product and, you know, there's there's so many marketplaces in the space right now. Right. And there's always more marketplaces coming about. It's harder to uh, to for any one marketplace to attract all the eyeballs. And therefore, we're, I think that's part of the reason why we've seen some of the trends we've seen in the hobby in terms of values over the past five or six months, along with other yeah. things. Go ahead. So, so you're talking about trends, like the biggest trend that I've seen are trade nights popping up everywhere. I'm not kidding you. you. Somebody could say, hey, we're doing a trade night in a Taco Bell parking lot and there'll be 300 people there. Like people like have cards will show up. You know what I mean? It's just like that. It's so crazy. And social media is so powerful 
that all it takes is for a couple people to repost it. And before you know it, you have this huge event going on. And it was just a trade night. It doesn't cost anything to go there. It's just, you know, friends hanging out, chatting up uh, sports cards and buying, selling and trading cards. And I, I think trade nights have been probably like the biggest trend that I've seen since like the whole show scene. Yeah, no doubt. That's <laughs> they, cer they certainly have. Last night on, on the show I did here on the channel, I wore my trade night shirt from the 2019 National. Couldn't make it this year, had other commitments, but uh, I would, I'd still like to get one of those shirts as well. Um, okay, I want to go, guys. Thanks, everybody, for that that uh, opening half of the show. I want to go to some comments. Say hello to the crowd. It's what we do here on Sports Cards Live. Jake Dahl in the house. What is going on with you? Toa is back. Good to see you, buddy. Rocco Rosado, loyalist. Always good to see you. Michael Ham says, this might be hobby overload. Prodigy card collector, welcome to the show. Jeff McMahon, always good to see you. MLW, pastime. What's going on, Ken? Colorado Sports Car says, man, look at this awesomeness. Can't wait to make it to some shows in Cali someday. This might be the one to go to next week. You've still got a few days to book a flight from Colorado. Uh, Steve Elmore says, Coleman, what's up? Met you at the National. Dude, very nice. Steve Elmore says he's in, in Baltimore. Can't afford to go west. Well, we'll see you in Chicago in the, at the National next year, hopefully. Uh, impressed. Impressed they let Brad. Brad's a good buddy. I've been friends with Brad for, what I don't know, Brad, coming up on a couple of years. We've been pals. Of course, you're always welcome on my channel, my guy. Uh, hello to you, Steve Elmore. Gold Label Sports, welcome to the show. Yeah, you need to get back to, to Burbank as well. Justin says, it sounds like Atlantic City is in need of repairs. Too funny, too funny. Uh, shout out to all the Philippine collectors. I'm sure we will have some Philippine collectors at the show in Burbank. And uh, that, that's wonderful. Justin Vick says, I'm on the East Coast, but I'm excited about this show for Burbank Sports Cards. Hope it's a success. So let's stop there for a second, because this show, yeah, Rob says, he's, as he said, like he's sort of the brand behind the show. But I believe my friends from, our friends from Bull, Bullpen LA will be set up there. It, this isn't just about Burbank Sports. This is a sh card show for Southern California. Am I right about that, guys? I totally agree. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Good, good, good. Cards and Comics says, is there a ranking for dealers? Where is Levi 707 ranked? I mean, that's who I rented my showcases from at the National for about six or eight years running. So mm -hmm. he, he'd, he'd be up there for sure. Uh, the center fielder is a fan of yours, Mark, right there. Burba uh, center fielder says, Burbank show, then Dallas for opening week of NFL. So that, let's start. Let's go with this for a second. Coleman, I'll ask you, because you're, you're a dealer. Are you going to go set up at the Dallas show after the Burbank show? Yeah. Yeah, and then I'll, I'm actually um, uh, ch planning on doing Arizona in between, so we'll see. Anybody else going to, to the Dallas show? You can just nod or yeah, I'll probably be there, yeah. You'll be there walking around looking for looking for stuff to buy? Yep. So you guys that have been to – Brad, have you been to the Dallas show before? The, the, I think that's where we met. We may have met back in 2020 or 2021. I've never been there, so we didn't meet okay. there. I, I went there, but you weren't there. <laughs> you went there. FD, you've been there too? I've not been in Dallas. I got plans in early 2023. So Dallas. just you and me haven't been there. So let's put this question to Coleman then for a moment. Uh, what's What are the differences between, like for anyone who hasn't been to the Dallas show, what what are you expecting in at the Burbank show that might be different from the Dallas show? Or do you think they're going to be similar? Like if you go to, if you've been to one, do you need to go to both sort of thing? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I love the Dallas show. I go to the Dallas show every two months um, or every three months they have it. Um, I just love 
the entire experience of going to Dallas. I was even considering moving out there. So I love everything from the the little hotel I stay at to the restaurant that I go and eat at. Um, I love the vibe out there and I love the show. I think it's a really great show. But that being said, it's a show that, you know, happens every two or three months. So it can get a little bit stale. Um, so sometimes, you know, every show is not as good as the last one, perhaps. And sometimes there's a couple of off shows. Uh, but that being said, uh, with the Burbank show, I expect this one to be um, a little bit more reinvigorated, uh, just well, not reinvigorated, but invigorated because uh, there's going to be so many people coming for the first time. And I think it's going to bring a lot of people to the show. Um, so I think that they're both different in the way that you kind of have this Burbank one just starting and then you have the Dallas one that's been rolling for all um, for all this time now. So. Um, I think uh, they're both very worth going to. Um, I think, though, if I had to pick in between, if I had to pick pick one, I would I would definitely go to the Burbank show just because it's kind of the um, the unknown. We don't know exactly what it's going to be like, um, but but, you know, um, it, it, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Uh, whereas the Dallas show is a little bit more, um, you know, cut and dry. You sort of know what you're getting with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's that's a great great mm-hmm. response, and I suppose one of the things that we don't know yet is uh, who exactly. Well, we do know because they've done a great job on social media with who's confirmed for the show or committed, as they're putting in there on the Burbank shows uh, social media. But um, you know, I, I guess that's something that a lot of people are going to see for the first time is this particular mix of dealers. And when I made the comment earlier that like if you've been to Dallas, do you need to go to Burbank? I I didn't mean that because every show is going to have its own mix of vendors and therefore products. So obviously the no two card shows are the same. Um, Mark, what about you? Any, any differences specifically that you think we're going to see between what for people in the audience who have been to the Dallas show or the national between that and this show this weekend? Or next so weekend? personally for me, I've only been to one Dallas show. Uh, it was a great show. Um, what I saw, I saw a lot of super, super high end stuff uh, when I was there where I think Burbank is going to bring something in for everybody. Um, and like I said, it's just my opinion off the one show that I went to. It was an awesome show. That, and the uh, promoters do a hell of a job, I mean, with the setup and everything like that. Um, so my experience of the first show, super high-end stuff. It's great. I buy some of it. Um, it's not my, like, forte. Um, I like to go after, like, a lot of the Hall of Famer autographs and stuff like that. I call it a little bit more safe stuff rather than a lot of this new modern stuff. Um but I think what Burbank is going to bring, especially what Rob was talking about, he's going to have, you know, what do you say, million cards or something for a quarter. I mean, that's something for everybody. So, like, I think the way that the market's gotten, I think a lot of people um, either are intimidated to go to shows or when they go to shows, they're intimidated because they feel like like they can't buy anything and they can't partake in the in the whole collectability aspect of the game. And I think that Burbank is really going to open that up and really have something for everyone. Right on. You mentioned like a million quarter cards. Uh, if Dr. Beckett is coming to the show in Burbank, and I don't know if he is or isn't, but if he is, that's where you'll find him. I'm sure he could use up, up to probably a week or two if there's that many cards to to be through. Although he was just at uh, at Burbank Sports Cards itself recently, as we saw. Mark, something else that's pretty exciting, especially for, for me, because I'm good friends with the, the whole team over at Tag Grading, and they are actually launching at the Burbank show next week. And Mark, I'm talking to you because I saw on your Instagram, you were at the Tag Grading facility today. Anything you want to share, what you heard from them, what their plans are, or what you saw, how, how they're looking, anything you can say? 
Yeah, I mean, you've if you guys have watched, I mean, you did a five or six episode series on tag grading. Um, they're friends of mine. I like to support everybody. What they what they're doing is just unbelievable. You've seen it firsthand, Jeremy. And I don't think that people can like believe what they're doing, you know, because it, like if you told somebody what they're doing, there's no way you could explain it until you actually see it for yourself. Um, so I'm excited for what they're doing. It's a tough time to, to get into the market as a new card, as a new card grading company. It really is. And uh, the, the respect that I have for them goes, it's something totally different. And I'll say it on here. Uh, they had a corporate booth at the national for the last two years that they gave up because they didn't feel like they were 110% ready to start uh, like their business and to go into business. And I respect that because the last two years they could have gone to the national and just done a major cash grab. And they chose not to until they got their, um, their, their business where they wanted it to be. And like, I respect them for that, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. And it's a tough time to get into the, to the, uh, to the, to the card grading uh, industry right now. But you know what? I think you guys are going to be surprised um, at the Burbank show with, with what they're going to be offering. That's great news. Really, I'm, I'm excited to see it for myself, for sure. I'm a big fan of theirs. Obviously, I did do five episodes with them to to help introduce them to the uh, to the hobby. And uh, in any event, looking, for, looking forward to that, for sure. Uh, you're back. We got you. We got you, Mark. Um, the, next, the next thing I want to ask you guys about, and we'll go back to the top row here. Um, you know, we and Mark alluded to it now being a difficult time to to launch a company in the hobby. Seems to me like the hobby is still thriving. Like there's still the same amount of transactions, just the prices are down. You know, sure. a bit to a lot, right? But, well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No. But so when people say the prices are down, it's crazy because if you look back to what they were for so many years, like I always use the example of like the like the Kobe Tops PSA 10, the Paper Tops card. That card got up to ten thousand dollars for ten years straight. That card was eighty to hundred bucks for ten years straight, and it was like consistent. And they weren't even selling for that, you know. But you'd see sales between eighty and hundred bucks, and then it hit ten k, and now it's down. So is it is it really down now that it's you know under two k or whatever it is now? Like down from yeah, six you, months you, ago. A lot of stuff go up, come down, but the net net, I'm still up. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think Jeremy, Jeremy froze. Jeremy's frozen. It, it, it's, not, it's not me for once. All right. <laughs> am, am I back? You're, You're back. back. Uh, yeah, it, it, it can be difficult for people who came in, I believe, you know, right after the right after the beginning of the run up and sort of mid 2020. Brad, let's let's go to you for a moment, because you're what I love about you, Brad, and, and your, your content. For anyone who doesn't know, Brad is the comeback card investor on YouTube. And he does. He 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 does a, a lot of, he, he was at one time doing a lot of videos documenting his journey with real really with without pretending to be anything other than he was which was someone who was getting back into the hobby and and exploring and, and educating himself in it and having to adapt on the fly to changing trends in a changing market so brad my question to you is and i want to i want to keep on theme with the socal card scene so if you could work that in a little bit but how are you adapting? What what are you, what did you change as far as your content output, your your sports cards buying and selling? Where are you right now? And I do want the rest of you guys to think about it because I'm going to ask you all the same thing: is how do you guys really adapt in a downward trending market 
and yet stay full-time in the hobby? How, how have you had to adjust your expectations and your strategy? Brad, well, I want to start with you on this one. Well, thanks, Jeremy. During COVID, this was it. This was like the, the thing that kept me going. This was the silver lining in life was this new, fun hobby that I was getting back into after 20 years of being away. And it was it was my mental stimulation. It was my source of connecting with other people. It was something I could put my energy towards with a way to make money. And then when things opened back up, card prices dropped. I still had this interest in the hobby, but not, not the same uh, angle of it. And so what I realized is I love the news of the hobby. I love the updates. I love finding rare cards I like, but I did not want to do the, the full-time flipping. I did not want to you know, if it was the same way as before, where you could just do it online and remotely and it's easy, that's one thing. But I realized after grading 700, 800 cards, I don't like grading. I don't like looking at cards with a magnifying lamp. I don't like, uh, you know, a lot of aspects, but I love the media side. I love talking to Jeremy or uh, talking to you, Jeremy, but also my partner, Dustin, who we do the, the Wednesday night show with and talk about the news, talk about stuff like that. So I think at the end of the day, you know, you could break, you can enter, you could be a breaker, you could enter breaks, you could be investing, you could be collecting, you could be doing a combination, but are you enjoying it? And if you're not enjoying it, then maybe try and find a different facet because there's a lot of things in life you can not enjoy and do it for the money. But this is one of the things where, you know, hopefully the enjoyment comes first. And then if you're able to make some money or at least break even and scale up and, and do it that way, then that's even better. But for me, it's been a complete pivot. I love the media side. I love where the hobby's going. And, and I love the, the community I started, which was more about empowering collectors to help them with their health, help help them with their, their social media and any other goals they have. That was more fulfilling for me. So uh, that's where my energy is going right now. Yeah, you're talking about card life, a community you built. I'm, I'm in there. I came on one of your, your panels one night. I really enjoyed it, by the way. And I think it's I think you deserve a lot of credit for initiating that 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 initiative because it's uh, it's important. I think it's probably underappreciated right now. So I would I would encourage you to keep it going. It's one of those things that uh, is. I'm sure there's people who are benefiting greatly from it. I, I say I'm sure. I don't mean it like I don't know. I know there are because I've talked to them. So good on you for that. Same question to the rest of you guys, FD. How about you? Like, and to be honest, FD, I don't necessarily. I I know that you're you're a hobbyist. You do you do a lot of content. I've been on with you. And I really enjoyed it. Um, why don't you let the audience know kind of what is your approach to the hobby? How do you fit into the hobby, FD, in addition to your content? And then how have you had to had to pivot or adapt in these changing markets? Okay, so my content is focused on how I collect and what decisions I go through to collect what cards and when. When do I make certain buying decisions? How do I make purchases? What athletes am I interested in? So since the market has changed, I'm kind of more laser focused on what athletes I'm looking at and why. And so in my content, I go through a process of what analytical things I look at for card values when I know something is undervalued or maybe uh, where the price is raised or lowered slightly. I also have a whole thing about I do a lot of I watch a lot of a lot of sports like I'm, I'm not. I'm a person that uses that as far as my analysis on how I'm, what buying decisions am I going to make? I'm watching a lot of basketball. I'm watching a lot of football. So uh, I'm and I make my own decisions. So I'm not uh, I don't follow the crowd. So uh, somebody may watch me and be like, why is he doing that? Why would he do that? I don't hear anybody else talking about that because I've gone through steps from A to Z on what I'm thinking and why. 
And then when I get to that point that everything checks the boxes that I wanted to check, then that's a buying decision that I'm about to make. <clears throat> so there are right now, as we speak, there are only probably three athletes that I'm really buying on a, on a consistent basis when it comes to sports cards. And did, did those three athletes change? Have they changed over the past six months because of the way things are trending? Or is it more the way they are trending? Those three athletes have not changed. The Probably the prospecting I did on some other athletes has changed. And so now the funds that I would spend on a maybe an up-and-coming athlete that I think has promise, those funds are now being turned into who I know is proven and where they're going to go in their career and what track are they on. Right on. Very quickly, uh, Raw Cards R Us is in the house and says, I'm rolling with FD. So thank you. You, go. you, you got you got a fan among us. I also want to say hi to Peeps. Welcome to the show. And Sports Cards Nonsense in the house says, how does Brad say so, stay so attractive? And how does it feel to be tall like Jeremy Lee? So, well, as, as you guys probably know, Mike Geo is about half the height of me. So, hey, Mikey. But he's got <laughs> way more hair. Way more hair. And then Brad's got it all. He's got the height. He's got the hair. He's got the looks. He's got everything going on. Uh, got to have the fellas from Sports Cards Nonsense joining. Good friends of mine as well. Coleman, I'm going to go to you next on this question because I know you are a, you're a, you're a slinger of singles. How have you adapted your approach in the hobby, your strategy over the past six or so months? Um, <clears throat> I've just kind of tried to get much more focused on um, cards that are truly desirable from a collector standpoint that are rare, that don't sell a lot. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, you know, there's, there's cards that I got last year that are worth uh, you know, a quarter or 30% or 40% of what they're worth now. So, you know, now the big thing is trying to figure out like, well, what are the things that, um, you know, aren't really affected by cars going down in general and stuff. And, you know, every uh, auction, you see some of the stuff, whether it's on Golden or PWCC or Leland's or REA or Heritage, you see some of these like record prices on stuff. And uh, I've just tried to get better at, um, you know, figuring out what is the ultra desirable and ultra scarce cards out there that um you know if you do acquire then um they're sort of recession proof or bad <clears throat> market proof and um and you can still do well with them um and you know more than ever it's it's about focusing on 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 uh great cards of great players and not you know not good players on of not good cards of good players um and then also just developing you know um developing you know working on all the details and stuff you know um if i go to a show and i come back with 50 new singles immediately processing all those cards and getting them on ebay um and trying to be competitive with my pricing fair with my pricing um so that i can you know compete with the competition out there as far as trying to sell um you know just working on things like that and uh and knowing that you know it's it's uh it's it's the people that are willing to like do all the small things and stuff that uh that able that make it so that you can continue um doing business like over the long term and stuff and uh yeah and try and just do things the best i can in the most honorable way too that's a good way to do it um is it fair to say is it fair to say coleman that you know because what you said is you're now focusing on more on rarer cards scarcer cards you know less of a Fewer commodity type cards, I suppose, is, is one way to, to potentially put it. And is it fair to say, though, that 
you know, the, the last couple of years were sort of the training ground, the training period for a lot of people who are in the game full time now. And over the and by that, I mean, number one, learning how to deal in the hobby, making the connections, but also learning the cards, learning the products, the sets. What is important? What do people like? And what do you like? What do what do your your personal clients like? And now you're kind of refining everything you learned over the past couple of years. And you're using that to adapt into your current strategy. Is, is that does that make sense to you? Absolutely. I mean, where, where I was three years ago when I went full time doing this to now is just completely different. Um, I mean, the last three years has been a complete training ground. And I think um, it's it's been a monumental training ground for the majority of people that have, you know, entered the hobby over the last couple of years because they've seen extraordinary highs and then extraordinary lows as well. So, yeah, I think it's it's been that um, it's 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 huge. Um, one other thing, too, is 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 just connections too. like um, there's so many you know people in my circle and stuff that know so much more than me, but that are, you know, readily willing to give information um, because, you know, it's it's a reciprocal thing where we're constantly helping each other out. And to have all those type of people in your circle and stuff can can, you know, be a huge difference when it comes to uh, being successful with cards and everything, because at the end of the day, there's so many different cards. There's so much information and so much to know. Um, it, it's good to have like, you know, a lot of really smart people around you that are that are better at better than you in a lot in a lot of ways, you know, for sure. You can learn a lot from them. So Mark, over to you now. Yeah. Same same question. So, I mean, all three of these guys said very, very great stuff in regards to what they're doing for the hobby um, to uh, adjust to it. I do want to touch on one thing that Brad said. And Brad basically said, if you're not having fun, don't do it because that's such a big part of this hobby. And you have to ask yourself, are you a hobby? Are you, are you a, a dealer or are you a collector? Because if this is just a hobby for you, then it shouldn't be stressful. It shouldn't be mad. Like people shouldn't over leverage themselves, overextend themselves, hide stuff from their, their, their spouses, their families. Like I see it every day and it just, it drives me crazy because there's no piece of cardboard worth like breaking that up, you know? And it's like, I see people do that, but my approach has been the same. Um, you know, I'm sure your brother's told you I do sports marketing. We have a sports marketing company like like your brother does, uh, Jeremy, and we provide uh, professional athletes for public appearances. Well, during the pandemic, we weren't able to do that. So th there were no public appearances. So we, we went heavily on the cards again um, until we were able to start doing signings and stuff like that again. But that's been my approach. And you know what I always say, my approach, it might be backwards, but let me show you here. Buy what you like, because if you like that, you guys know, I always say this. And you probably get sick of hearing me say this, but screenshot it, whatever you want to do. This is everything when it comes to the hobby, because if you like something, no matter what the Internet tells you it's worth, no matter what somebody else tells you it's worth, it's always going to have that value to you. Well said. Collect what you like, buy what you like. Uh, definitely, definitely makes sense to me. So I appreciate that comment greatly. Now, I want to I'm going to stick with you for a moment here, Mark, because you cruise the card show scene in Southern California but you the, the other guys, please, please consider if you have a response to this next question, which is, you know, I want the, the staying power of the vendors at the card shows in, in Southern California. Um, is there a lot of have there been a lot of vendors that were around two years ago that are gone now? Are you expecting to are you expecting to not see some vendors at the Burbank show next weekend that you that you kind of would have, would have thought you might see, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. 
For sure. I would say vendors and customers. I mean, every show I go to for like the last month or two, I'm seeing like, hey, where's so-and-so at? Or where's this guy? Or where's this girl? You know, like, like people are falling off. And I, I hate to see that. But I really feel like too many people bought into the hype. And they were buying stuff just because everybody else was doing it. And they really didn't know what they were buying. And it just left a bad taste in their mouth. And, like, we don't want that for the hobby. We want everybody to strive in this hobby. And we want everyone to do good because that's what's going to keep the hobby alive. And when people get, you know, burned out and you hear people say, oh, I just cooked this guy and I did this. Like, do you, like is that somebody you really want to deal with? Like, who's doing stuff like that? Like, you want it to be fair for everybody. Treat people the way you want to be treated. And uh, the hobby is going to be a much better place. And look out for each other as well, right? Look out for each oh, other. Oh, 100%. Out there. Yeah, for sure. Pepino Man says uh, the Cali card collectors are the coolest. Great to see you, Pepino Man. Uh, this is uh, Billy Celio who works at Upper Deck. Uh, yeah, I will see you there, buddy. And you go on to say that you can't wait to get your hand. So I told him along. It's funny. I have it right beside me right now because I uh, I just getting getting ready. But I do have this is Billy Celio's uh, John Smoltz rookie that I have for you, Billy. It's coming with me. I promise you that. Uh, the center fielder says, "Can you have Coleman talk about compound interest?" I, that might be an inside joke. I'm not aware of. Uh, Hobby Champs has been talking about a card show cruise, which I love. I love cruises. I love the idea of that. Although. We might want some respite from the card people after you know a, a whole week, but uh, <laughs> right, it's it's that nice would be a to great night. Yeah, yeah, it's, it'd be nonstop. But hey, that would that would be good for a lot of us as well, for sure, for sure. Charles Fuchs in the house. What's going on, Charles? Francesco says eighty to hundred dollar cards exactly. I think I, I think this was about um, the card prices not moving too much and still being active. And uh, Charles, thanks me for a take I had on the PMG Connor McDavid. Oh, you are welcome uh, for that, Charles. And all right. Uh, Justin Vick says, love your bow to Pepino, man. Awesome. Okay. Um, let me just look at my notes quickly, see what else I had here for you guys. Because I listen, we've gotten through everything I wanted to talk about for the most part quicker than I thought we were going to. Uh, so, Brad, you got something. I, I had this question in my mind, and I wanted to ask – everyone here in LA based on what happens at Burbank and the media that comes from it. Do you believe that this would impact the chances of a major show like the national coming to LA as in, if this is a home run, if there's a lot of media, do you think that kind of sways the voices in terms of, well, we need a major card show, not just industry summit or mint collective in Vegas, but if this looks amazing, do you think it would have any impact on a national or, or equivalent show coming to the west coast or do you think there's zero influence who would like to go first on this one put up your hand if you uh go ahead mark so i think that the national is ready to come back i just think they have committed for the next you know couple of years and like like rob said it's not it's not even a chance till 2026 i think he said but i think definitely that they that they are well aware of the the market out here in California and they're definitely um they they want to bring it back. I know there's some new blood on the national board who is definitely on board and want wants to uh bring it back and it you know what it's it's these these older east coast guys that don't want to come west. Well, it's about time that they're going to have to start doing that I think by 2026. Yeah, I, I had the opportunity to meet uh one of the guys who is who has taken over the national and uh 
I do believe that they are going to be exploring other locations again. So that's encouraging for everybody who wants to see it go uh, out west or at least out west of the East Coast. Uh, FD Coleman, do either of you have any thoughts on that? I think the, I think Burbank show is going to be very successful. And I think we're talking about more successful Burbank shows. And whatever that becomes on a national scale, what the national is what it is. But I think we're at the beginning of something that Burbank is kicking off in the L.A. area. And we're going to look up and be at our sixth show and saying, you, do you remember we were on Germany talking about the first one? That's what I think is about to happen. I agree. Oh, no, go ahead, Mark. You have some better. Yeah, go, go for it. Oh, no, I was just going to say, but I mean, with, with Burbank out here and you guys have gone to the uh, Union Marketplace show, what they're doing in Del Mar, I mean, it's it's amazing. So you got Burbank up here and you got, uh, you know, Del Mar down here. And if these guys like if they bring everything together and do one big thing in, in like Anaheim convention center or something like that, or LA convention center and brings like all of Southern California together. I mean, it's, it's going to be something like the hobby has never seen before. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Coleman, you got, you want to supplement? Um, I was going to, you know, I, I've heard just, um, just like y- y'all have heard that uh, they're exploring after 2026 and that there's, there's interest in coming out to LA, but I just think uh, there's so there's so much opportunity in in like a Southern California show. Um, I mean, I, I got a buddy who uh, you know works for uh, LeBron James and Mavericks Carter's com- uh, company, uh, Spring Hill, and uh, he's coming to the Burbank show, you know, because he wants to check it out. And he he recently got back into cards and stuff like that. I just think there's so many um, people out here um, that can that can like be about like that can make that make a a national out here valuable that um that it's it, it it should happen um but that being said like you know i have no idea um what you know what what the higher ups and the people like that y'all have been rubbing shoulders with and stuff you know have to say about it so well my my question is is that the burbank show is already shaping up to be excellent we we can just we can see simply by who the, who the who's in the corporate sort of area on the on the show floor map that's been going out on the social media so my question is if this Burb- if the Burbank show is successful, which we know it's going to be, if it is something that's going to be at least the once a year, maybe twice, why do we need the national to go back to Southern California? Like, does it have to? And what if it does? Then does the do, does the Burbank show take a, a hiatus for a year or for six months? Is there room for both of them? That said, yeah. that said, I would think that the people who are, who are running the national from 2024 or 2023, sorry, 2024 forward, I would think that they are going to be at this show as part of a scouting venture to see what the scene is like in case they do want to come here. Mm-hmm. This is their best opportunity <clears throat> to, to really scout out the location. Just like I'm sure they're going to scout out Dallas for a Dallas show. But again, Mark, it comes back to, does the national need to move away from Cleveland, Chicago, uh, Atlantic city, uh, out to, out to SoCal. So, so personally, I think that they should just make Chicago the host for the national forever because it's, it's an easy city to get in and out of. It draws a huge crowd. It's, it's very convenient. Um, but I will tell you this about the Burbank show. And I've, I've been talking to Rob and EJ and Jay, and I'm going to tell you my, my thought on this. And I, I think this is a stepping stone. This location is a stepping stone for them to do something really, really big in the future. Like th- this isn't, it, it's not always going to be at this location. 
Yeah, see, that's that's my thoughts exactly, is that this could build out to be, you know, we have we have the East Coast National. It's not the National, but it's a big show out there. This could be this could be the West Coast National. And then the the actual national can just stay in Chicago, maybe go to Cleveland. Hopefully they never go back to Atlantic City, but it seems like they're looking to to expand their their target uh, targeted locations. Okay, guys, I'm going to run through the, some comments in the chat here, and then we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Frank Estella, loyal viewer, says, great panel this evening. That's a compliment to you all, so thank you for that, Frank. Raw Cards wants to know, vintage or modern cards, which do you prefer to collect? For me personally, I collect from 1888 to 2020. 2021 now, I guess. So I collect the whole gamut. Any, You guys just want to take turns saying, uh, FD, you collect vintage or modern? A mix. How about you, Coleman? Are you more of a more of a dealer? I'm more modern than anything else, man. Because I mean, '90s is my stuff. Like yeah, late '90s, '90s is is my jam. So yeah. Mark yourself. I really like the vintage. And how about you, Brad? I wish Tom Brady in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey was vintage, but unfortunately, it's modern. <laughs> <laughs> Charles says, "I think Vegas is the spot for a major card show," and yes. I, I agree. The Mint Collective was awesome, and I, I that's coming back uh, in March of next year, and hopefully every year. After that, JMF Collectible says old regime wants the national on the East Coast, but would love to come out west. I think that that makes sense to me. Pepino says, I think the national is a huge percentage of returning dealers who don't want to travel to California. On that note, we can use new blood dealers at the national. Very true. Very true. Laura says, look how successful San Diego's with Comic-Con as what could be. That's a great point right there, right? That that's that's an amazing point, actually, because it's true. Comic-Con in San Diego is the biggest of all the cons out there. Toa Hang says Burbank could be the new Dallas card show for the West Coast or more or bigger with more corporate uh, presence, I would think, which, you know, some people like that. Some people don't, though. Justin Dick says make Burbank better than the national could happen. JMF says as long as they never hold it in Atlantic City, I am good wherever it is. That's that's my position, too. JMF. Justin Vick says, Dallas Burbank cities on a map to me. What kind of experience can you create in a location that makes it worth traveling cross country to? Really interesting perspective because when I when I go to a card show, I'm kind of like, yeah, there's cities on a map. I don't want to get mugged in that city, but I'm willing to go pretty much anywhere there's a show that I want to go to. So I hear that comment quite well, Justin Vick. Rick Lyle, I remember the shows in San Fran and the Monscone Center in the 90s. It would be great to bring the National there or here for you. And uh, Mike Murdoch says, why do you want the old crusty National to come out West? Burbank can be the live tour of the hobby. It's an interesting point too, right? Like maybe the Burbank show turns into what the National is, but it's the Burbank version. Refractor Jones says Vegas is in the works for the National uh, LDCVA is willing, willing and wanting to have the national, but they want long-term commitments. So there we go. Lots of great stuff there. All right, guys. I covered what I wanted to cover. I think this has been great. I feel like I, I've, I've had some great, um, in, in like perspective, new perspectives into the, the Southern California card scene, what we are all expecting out of this show. I don't live in SoCal, but I'm as excited for this as any of you guys are. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to have a vibe that is just welcoming and inclusive and friendly. And it's, it's LA. Like Brad was saying before, this is LA. This is, it's like, it's the, the vibe, the chill, the, like you guys are also relaxed on the show tonight. I, I think it's going to be awesome. 
parting comments from each of you guys. And uh, Mark, you got something you want to? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just yeah. want to thank you for having me on. I look forward to meeting a lot of you guys who I've never met before at Burbank and some of these local shows. If you see me, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they'll come up and say hi. I love talking to people. And there's one other thing, too, that I'd like to mention. There's really no such thing as a stupid question when it comes to collecting. So if you're a new collector and you have a question, ask somebody that's been around for a while. And one of the, a former Dodger once told me, he said, Mark, he said, you're never going to learn anything from talking, but you're going to learn a hell of a lot from listening. So if you're, I mean, everybody has the world at their fingertips with their iPhone or their Samsung, whatever kind of device you have, your computer, get on there and watch different content and watch Jeremy's content, watch Brad, watch what people are doing, watch Coleman, watch FD and see what people are doing and how they're doing it. And just kind of, if, if that's something you're interested in, really pursue that. Awesome. I appreciate those parting comments, uh, Mark. Thank you again for uh, being willing to take the time to come on considering I think I invited you at like, was that 2 a.m. last night or the night before? Very, very recently. So thank I invited you all very, very recently. So thanks. Right, and, thank and you. One, yeah, one more thing. I want to apologize about my background. I was coming back from TAG. L.A. traffic is awful. It took me two and a half hours. So I'm doing this from a location I would never do this from. So <laughs> didn't even notice. It looks great. I'm, I, I look forward to. Hey, listen, you, as you said, you talk to a lot of people. You're at, you'll answer any question. When I ran into you at the Borgata in Atlantic City a couple of weeks ago, we like I felt like we'd known each other for years. The way that you were just so open and friendly and you know, made me feel like you were, you wanted to hear what I had to say there, you know, you weren't looking around to see who else was coming. You were just happy to chat. Yeah. I appreciated that. And uh, you're, you're, you're a good guy for sure. So, um, and I appreciate you extending that offer on my channel to this, to whoever all is out there watching and sure. listening. So yeah, great to have you. Uh, Coleman, let's go to you uh, again. Thank you for coming on and parting comments from you. Uh, just thank you so much for having me on, Jay Lee. You know, uh, been like a fan of the show for a while, so it's really cool to actually make an appearance. And um, it was cool to hear FD talk a little bit. You know, I, I've seen him see him a lot at the shows and everything, but we haven't, you know, talked too much. So it's really cool to kind of hear some background um, about FD. And then uh, jumping on Mark's thing, you know, when I was 12 years old, my local card shop owner um, told me that I asked way too many questions and it kind of traumatized me and stuff. So. Uh, I always definitely tell people, ask questions, ask questions, um, because, you know, people always apologize to me for asking way too many questions. And, and I go right back to that little kid that was traumatized by the by the card shop owner. So great, great point there, Mark. Is he still in business? No, no. no probably not. He, 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 he passed away, though. Rest his soul. Uh, sorry. To, OK, well, as I like to say there, the only stupid question is the one not asked. Brad. Again, thank you, Brad, for coming on. I appreciate it. I uh, love what you've... I've, I've been enjoying your content uh, from the beginning. I love your Wednesday show off centered that you do with Dustin. Uh, I was going to say the, the personal finance dad, but he's now the sports card dad. Um, again, thanks for coming on, Brad. Yeah, my pleasure, Jeremy. Great to see everyone here. I can't wait to treat you to kale chips and kombucha, Jeremy, because that's what we eat for lunch. So I'm sure that's going to be all the food vendors. They're going to have all sorts of organic, uh, crusty vegetables for you to eat. And this is what LA can offer you in terms of experience. If you're looking for more than just cards on tables, thank you very much, Brad. Great, great having you. And FD, let's uh, let's wind it down with you. Well, I'm very excited for the Burbank show. I'm honored to be uh, someone on this panel tonight talking. Um, I'm excited for what this show is going to bring. Uh, just like Mark just said, and I know all of us. I've met everybody here at the show. If you see any of us, 
talk to us. If you see me filming something, it does not matter. Uh, tap me on the shoulder, say what's up. I love conversations. I love building relationships. Tell me something about yourself. I'm going to tell you something about myself. My six, soon to be seven-year-old son is going to be at the show. We're going to be walking around. We've been, he's excited. We've been talking about this for a long time. Jeremy, all of y'all, I'm going to introduce him to y'all. He'll shake your hand, say what's up, and then probably try to learn something about you or something about the hobby. Uh, he told me the other day that he wants to collect uh, sports cars. But I told him, if you can learn meeting people, talking to people, and engaging in conversation, I'm already happy. Now, I met one of your sons at the Mint Collective. Is this a different that, son? That was, uh, you met Greg. Greg is my film person. So he's my videographer. He does all the editing. He's 16, just turned, excuse me, 17, just turned 18 years old. But you're going to meet a seven-year-old walking around with all of us. And my whole family is going to be there. So people will be coming in and out at different times. Right on. All right. Well, thank you, FD, for, for joining the panel tonight, guys. I'm going to run through the final comments that came through the chat, and then I'm going to end this. You guys all hang tight for one more minute. C-Dub, uh, great to have you joining. Laura says, Mark, do you answer questions from old collectors? Of course he does. Justin Vick says, episode three of Hobby Hangout did not disappoint. I'm glad to hear that, Justin. Thank you so much for uh, joining the show. Also is not a big fan of Kale and Rick Lyle says, I remember the mean card shop owner. I told my grandma how mean he was. She yelled at him and he was the nicest guy to me the rest of his life. That's a nice, uh, nice sentiment to end the show on guys. So to the chat, thanks everybody for joining. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I certainly did. It's what, what a fun mix of people to spend the evening with you guys. Thanks again. Burbank show next weekend, Burbank, California. I forget the dates, but it's next Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm coming down from Canada. These guys will all be there. And check out the, the Burbank Sports, the Burbank Card Show's Instagram account. They are doing a great job telling you wherever, where all the vendors are coming from, who all the, all the committed vendors are. It's going to be a great show. I can't wait. We'll see you there. And tomorrow night on this channel, my regular edition of Sports Cards Live, Brian Pirip from TikTok will be joining. And then Sunday on Collectible Live, our guest will be Chris Ivey. He's director of Sports Collectibles from Heritage Auctions. Those guys have been breaking records left, right, and center. That's going to be interesting. We'll see you then. You guys hang tight. This episode is over. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.